So, this afternoon we're going to continue the exploration into compassion. I felt that before we got started, I'd tell you another story. I told one last night, and I'm gonna, and it was about practice and my experience at a meditation hall, and I am uh, at uh, Forest Refuge and IMC, IMS. And now I'm going to tell you another practice story about my experience with compassion and metta. Uh, Very early on in my own practice, I was inspired to go to Thailand, which maybe some of you have been, maybe some of you are making travel plans here. (laughs) I know that whenever I go on retreat, I end up desperately wanting to go to Asia for whatever reason. Um... But that happened to me early on, and so I went and went to a a small monastery in the south of Thailand uh, called Swamok, which is uh, Ajahn Buddhadasa's monastery. And I'm going to take a breath. (laughs) I'm very nervous. (laughs) Nervous about talking about compassion. That's sweet. (laughs) This is a different stage than I'm used to. I do a lot of public speaking, but this is uh, an honor. Okay. I might do that a few times. (laughs) Just ground myself. So I was spending time, I spent a week at Swan Mok and... um, just to paint a picture of what it's like there, um, it, it's almost the opposite of what you're getting here at Spirit Rock. Very, very rustic. Uh, I had my own room, but it was more like a cell. <laughs> it was um, all cement blocks. Uh, the bed was a cement slab with a grass mat on top of that and a bug net with holes. I spent the first night sewing it up with my dental floss. <laughs> And not only that, but they provide you with a wood pillow, which is part of their practice there, so that you don't oversleep. <laughs> it works. <laughs> so I was, I'm young now, so I was really young then, and I was thrilled by this. I thought, oh, I'm getting the real Asia experience. Uh, and the days were really long. The, the practice sessions were really rigorous. Um, the, they were led by a variety of monks and nuns who would come uh, out of their kutis, their huts where they were practicing, and teach us the Dharma as they knew it. And their practices were very um, deep, and their understanding was very um, complex from my beginner's mind. Uh, we had one monk who would travel down, we would watch him, we'd all be sitting in the hall, which had no walls, actually, it was just a platform, and then uh, just a little shelter cover over it, and uh, uh, we, we could watch this monk, who uh, was British, but in his orange robes, walking down uh, over the mountain, and through the woods, and he'd plop down in front of you, and then go on and on about the jhana states, 
and finding the, uh, in really walking us through it in a beautiful way, but I was so new to practice, I thought, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> there was just no way. And then another teacher would come in and also talk more about concentration, and I was just trying to sit still at that point. Uh, and not only myself, but everyone there was really, they were uh, just a bunch of beginners. And so the teachings were really out of context for us. One nun, though, would come every afternoon and teach us metta. And I thought, oh, I can do that. I can do metta. And so while the other monks were teaching all these concentration practices, which metta, of course, is a concentration practice, um, I decided to go the metta route. And so in my sittings and in my walking periods, I just practice metta. And uh, my heart, within two days, which were f- in the beginning it was filled with restlessness, it was the hottest time of the year, which in Thailand is very, very hot, um, really buggy, um, people were just miserable and just dropping out left and right. And by the second day, my heart just completely opened my mind completely still, and it was the greatest feeling. I just had this ridiculous grin on my face the entire time from that point on. And I was really just doing metta for myself, which was really good for me at the time. I really needed that, and that's what really allowed that heart to open. And then as time went on, and I was... uh, opening my attention to the people around me who were really suffering and having a really hard time. There, were, there was a lot of striving. Oops. There was a lot of striving. There was uh, a lot of tears. There was um, a lot of aversion of, for each other, not a lot of patience happening in the dorms. Um, and my heart because it was so open, the natural response was compassion. And I didn't know anything about compassion practice at that point. And this was something that Guy pointed out when he first introduced the compassion practice here, was that really it's the heart's natural response when it's open, when it's relaxed. It's its natural response to suffering is compassion. And so I share this because, for me, it's, it's very clear that compassion is not something we do. You can't sit down and do compassion. You can only incline towards it. You can incline the heart to open, to relax, to turn towards suffering. And from there, the natural response is compassion. So there's no forcing of compassion here, and that's, I think, been made really clear that as we're practicing these phrases and going through the different uh, groupings of people, that it's not to force this opening heart, but actually just to incline the possibility for the heart to open and for the heart to hold and stay steady in the face of, of dukkha. And so we'll continue that practice together. And today... Uh, we're going to open up to all beings. And I want to make sure that we do this very gently. I know that many of you are in a very open place. 
and others are not are not feeling so open. Maybe there's some contraction to the idea of turning towards the the world of suffering. Uh, so we're going to do this very gently, and my hope for you is that you'll do this wisely for yourself and just do what you can. Uh, what holds what holds compassion steady is equanimity. And so if we are not feeling that groundedness of equanimity, you'll notice that that compassion can then shift into more of a feeling of pity. Oh, poor them. Which, of course, is coming from a place of delusion. Uh, Not realizing that their suffering is no different than our own suffering. Or without that equanimity, we can easily turn towards uh, aversion. I don't, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to see that, all that suffering. I can't. It's too much. And so we turn towards aversion in that moment. We can also find ourselves with that tendency of greed, wanting to fix, wanting to do, Sometimes we feel that turning towards compassion means that we must eliminate all that suffering. That's, a, that's too much to hold when we're doing uh, compassion for all, or even compassion for a single person other than our, ourselves. We're not here to fix. We're simply here to care about others' suffering. And so that's what we're going to do. So we'll begin now. And I think the instruction has been to find a position that is relaxed and supportive. (coughs) Really feeling held by your posture, supported by your posture. And I think I'd like us to start with ourselves and move outward. So really feeling yourself here. Inclining the heart to open and turn towards your own struggles. your own tightness. Those places within yourself that need to be held with kindness and understanding.
Remember not to force, not to do compassion, simply inclining, simply offering the possibility to yourself to open towards that suffering. I care about your suffering. And you can stay here with yourself if you'd like. Or you can move to opening to the suffering or the challenges of the people in this room. This sangha that has formed for this retreat. turning towards and acknowledging that these people here have many of the same struggles, conflict, dukkha going on in their own experience at different times. I care about your suffering. May you be free from your suffering.
if it becomes overwhelming at all, remember you can always bring in or hold your heart with metta, wishing metta for yourself, allowing for that opening there. And then if you feel able, you can turn back towards the compassion
Now we're going to expand our sangha, our beam of compassion to include all the creatures on this land that have been sharing this space with us. The deer, the birds, turkeys, the coyotes, the snakes, the insects, the spiders, the lizards, I care about your suffering. May you too be free from suffering.
Now you're welcome to stay there. Or, if you'd like, in keeping with that open heart, that poise of Guan Yin that exists within each of us, that huge capacity to be with truth. We can expand our compassion to all beings to the north of us. I care about your suffering. May you be free from your suffering. to all beings to the south of us. I care about your suffering. May you be free from suffering. expanding out to the east. I care about your suffering. May you be free from suffering.
and all beings to the West. I care about your suffering. May you be free from suffering. Opening to all beings in every direction. Remembering that not all beings are suffering right now, but that we're turning towards that truth, that first truth that there is suffering allowing the heart to be open. If it's too much, bring your attention to your body, grounding again, going back to metta, nourishing the heart for yourself, and then turning back towards compassion if you feel able.
And for the last few minutes of this meditation, I'd like to bring you back to your body, bringing that inclination of compassionate ability towards yourself, allowing that to be present now. (laughs) 